Hello, 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 people. It's your favorite nutrition nerd. That's right. It's me, Corinne Chen. I am back with a new podcast, a new format, a new concept. Very, very excited to be here. Um, For those of you who don't know, I had another podcast called Booch Please that I stopped recording back in the spring because at that time I had enrolled myself into a certificate program for cognitive behavior therapy. It just felt so important to me as a nutritionist to receive some sort of formal training on CBT, the mental health axis, and just exploring this world of feelings and thoughts um, with regards to people wanting to make habit changes and changing their their health. So I went off and did that. And since then, um, as I'm recording right now in Toronto, Ontario, we are seeing the fifth wave of the pandemic for us. And the government, as a result, has put us in this stage two lockdown where most things in the city are are shut down. And we're also not allowed to gather or not allowed to form groups. So, you know, the last few weeks, I've been feeling pretty lonely, pretty isolated, pretty uninspired, bored, uncertain of the future, which I'm sure most people listening to this can relate to. Anyway, this isn't a podcast about me complaining. This is a podcast about changing our lives, changing our health whether it's mentally or physically, one action, one focus, one task, 1% at a time. Hence the name of this is, I know it reads as 1x1 or 1 times 1. It's actually read as 1 by 1, 1 by 1 podcast, because it is my belief that 1 by 1, you know, you form a lifestyle. One change at a time, one thing at a time leads to greater changes and a total transformation over time. That's always been my philosophy. Anyway, going back to what I was saying. So for this first episode, I really racked my brain on what do I want to say? You know, how do we kick off this new venture? How do we, how do we utilize this fresh start? And so I, I thought I'd start exactly there. Um, with this idea of a fresh start. I think a lot of us are in need of a fresh start, a reset of sorts, whether it's physically, emotionally, maybe even geographically. And I acknowledge there are really intense obstacles right now. I mean, like I said, where I live right now, there's this province-wide pandemic and we're dealing with just daily uh, conversations around death, around sickness, around overwhelm, around depression, anxiety, all of these things. I think the pains that we feel collectively as a result of this pandemic feel like a recurring nightmare. And that can really dampen the motivation and inspiration that are associated with January, the beginning of a brand new year. For me and maybe you, there is a real loss of possibility. My lovely friend Olivia bought me this amazing agenda book that had like a goal setting section at the start of it. And I just sat with it feeling at such a loss. Like I I didn't know how to get excited about plans that are subject to change. And especially when that change feels out of my hands, it just, 
it is a mystery to me. And of course, I know there are still lots of opportunities to grow in a pandemic. That's why I'm starting this podcast, because I want to grow in a new way. But based on all the lessons I have learned about grief, both in my personal experiences and my CBT education, I can tell you it is so darn important to feel the negative emotions that come up. There will be a time for silver linings. There will be a time to look on the bright side. That time has to come after you have processed your hurt and pain, at least to a certain degree. The sad, the mad, the darker parts of you deserve to be seen, heard, and tended to just as much as the hopeful, happy, fun parts of you deserve to be seen and heard and tended to. So after I took a moment for that, I had to go back to the drawing board and really deconstruct what a fresh start even is and how I can assemble one for myself this year, despite the mess of COVID-19. First of all, what I know is a fresh start is a beautiful thing. It's this feeling that anything is possible. It's this feeling that I can create a better future ahead with a clean slate. Um, And that the pressures and the burdens I was carrying have been resolved. And there's a hope and lightness that makes room for fun and creativity. When I break down what a fresh start means to me, I can see that it's not time-based at all. It's completely and entirely me-based. So that means that I can choose to create lightness. I can choose to find hope. And I can choose to make fun. If that's true, then... A fresh start isn't on Mondays or on January 1st or tomorrow. A fresh start can literally be any second, any moment, and any thought. And to know that I have that power, then why wouldn't I make a fresh start out of my next second, my next moment, my next thought, and really just use that? And having worked in the fitness and nutrition industry for the last 10 years now, I've just noticed there is a particularly uh, toxic narrative associated with January fresh starts. It's this time of year where you're encouraged to go big, do extreme shit, make 180 changes to satisfy just a desperation that has built up over the holidays. And I challenge you to look out for that in ads and commercials right now. There's a covert message that that I guess now that the holidays are over you need a reset or detox or cleanse to undo all the sinful indulging you have done and that you should somehow feel ashamed for where you're at right now these programs or these products or these marketing schemes will use the term fresh start to sell you stuff but a real fresh start isn't about erasing mistakes or atoning for sin or punishing yourself. A fresh start is possible when you resolve the challenges from the previous chapter. When you actually tackle the problems and the fears and then move through it so you don't have to confront it year after year over and over again. And that means you can make space for a new attitude and a new outlook. That's what extreme diets and hardcore reset plans do to the psyche. In the short term, it seems like it satisfies that itch of achieving balance again. But in reality, it just swings the pendulum too far in the other direction. That's why 80% of diets end up with even more weight gain. And this happens because your body exists in a state called homeostasis, 
that maintains steady and rhythmic cycles. So when you apply short-term intense disruptions to this homeostasis, your body will deploy really clever countermeasures to fight for that stability. Your body could say something like, oh, okay, you're, you're going to drink nothing but celery juice for 10 days? All right, we're going to protect that homeostasis by becoming so efficient at storing body fat, downregulating the metabolism, slowing it down, in other words, and shooting up your appetite and cravings so that you have no choice but to eat solid food again and return to a heavier weight and pack on that body fat in case this happens again. And it's no wonder most people feel like they have less and less control over their body after extreme yo-yo diets. Because the reality is you're not in control at that point. Your body's survival mechanisms kick into control. A fresh start for someone who's stuck in that cycle, in that case, could look like breaking the pattern of what you would do after a holiday season of indulgence. Or breaking the pattern of what you would say to yourself about yourself or about how your body has changed because of the holiday season. Just completely reprogramming the narrative around what you need to do after the holidays. That would be you resolving a toxic behavior that didn't cultivate the best parts of who you are as a person. Instead, you can find new ways to accept and love yourself in this moment as you are, while employing new techniques that have long-term permanent effects on how you see yourself, how you approach the holiday season, and how you start fresh in January. I hope that makes sense. One thing I learned in my CBT training is the difference between safety behaviors and coping mechanisms. And I actually just talked to one of my one-on-one clients about this um, this week. But in times of strong discomfort, instability, or feeling threatened in some way, Safety behaviors are things that we do to find short-term relief. So this could be anything from food, video games, sex, validation, shopping. And it usually has an element of escape or distraction or avoidance. These things make us feel safe because it's familiar. We've probably done it over and over again in the past to find relief so we know that it works. And I think the January diet phenomenon or the New Year's resolution phenomenon can be made up of these safety behaviors that are disguised as noble causes for better health, more control, more confidence, more discipline. But it really is just feeding into the safety behavior of taking extreme action. The thing is, safety behaviors almost always have long-term consequences and perpetuate imbalance in your life. What we want to develop are coping mechanisms, and these are actions that may not bring immediate gratification, but their effects are far-reaching, and they help you cope and work through difficult emotions and thoughts in a maintainable way. So in the context of nutrition, this would look like practicing your own definition of moderation, or having a plan to start with foundational steps before slowly increasing intensity. Or investing in nutrition coaching. Shameless self-plug. Genuinely love what I do and believe in my work. So I'm just going to go ahead and drop that in there. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Anyway, these are general examples. If we really get into it, then it all depends on the person, right? What's a healthy coping mechanism for one person, like cleaning the house, could be an obsessive safety behavior for another person. And that could be true for some people living with OCD 
which I also learned a ton about uh, in my CBT training. That was very, very fascinating. Anyway, all through this week, the one thing, that one step I want you to take is to look out for safety behaviors that offer short-term relief and that actually worsen or extend your problems in the long term. And just, again, start with finding one thing because one is enough and and work on seeing if you can replace that with a healthier long-term coping mechanism. I don't care what influencers on social media tell you or what diet media culture is telling you. Remember, one by one, okay? You got this. Thank you so much for tuning into this very first episode of this new format. I'm trying to keep all of the episodes under 20, 30 minutes, but knowing you all probably at some point blab longer than that. Uh, But yeah, I want to keep it short and sweet because I know you're all busy people and you have lives to lead and I respect that. But anyway, if you haven't yet, it would mean the world to me if you hit the follow button on Spotify. It really helps me grow and it lets me know that you like this. So I'll want to make more of it. Thank you again. I'm sending you lots of lots of love from Gloomy Toronto today. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.